Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Church, the Lord is good. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is kind. And the Lord is here. He's in our midst. And this day is all about Him. This is a day of celebration. It's not a day to be sad. It's a day to stand up, lift up your faces, and acknowledge what He has done. For many people, this day is just another religious day. It's just a day that we come to church where we come and pay our respects to a dead person. But it's much more, much, much more than that. It is about this is the day that the Lord has made. How many of you have heard that statement before? How many of you have sung maybe that song before? This is the day. So it's a song to you. It's a prayer to you. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know, we do it daily. We pray this scripture daily. But it has so much more meaning. And I want to show you today the meaning of this verse. This verse is put right in the middle of the Bible. In the book of Psalms 118, right there, the middle chapter of the Bible, God has placed a very significant scripture which says, this is the day the Lord has made. Therefore, turn to your Bibles to that scripture. We don't just remember the Lord's sacrifice. For many people, they would take the moment and think of the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ because He truly suffered. And His suffering was and should be personal. But it's more than suffering. It's so easy to get stuck and emotional on the suffering side of the Lord. But God wants us to move to the spiritual side of things He has done for the people that will call upon His name. It's that there where the cross of Jesus Christ gets its meaning. And the meaning is that every person should experience the day the Lord has made fully and to move on from there. If there's no moving on from the suffering to the place of what He actually did, then it will just be a religious thing we will remember. And it goes so much deeper. So in Psalm 118, we find a very significant scripture. You can go to verse 22. From verse 22. Here the psalmist, which I believe 
because it doesn't have the title or it's not mentioned who wrote the psalm, but for a fact, it's King David who wrote this psalm. The king wrote about a king and he wrote the following. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now you see, but this portion in the Bible is specifically written for a specific day that came. This is the gospel in the middle of the Bible. It is basically the Lord Jesus standing in the middle with his head facing the Father, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and he would join it. And the joining of the old in the new is found in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And this joining now, the psalmist give us this, the stone which the builders rejected. It shows forth a certain specific language that Israel should have picked up as time went on. They should have picked up on when certain things would happen, then put out all your ears and listen, as we should, as many of us have. How many of us, you know, you did your own thing, and then there came, this is the day that God has made for you. But we need to go deeper than that. So this was the Lord's doing. Here stands Jesus Christ ready to join the two in himself, judging sin and doing the law perfectly. It's only one person that could have ever done that. But then it goes on in verse 25. It says, save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity, Blessed, you see, there's a certain, there's another statement. This is the statement that they should have picked up on. When you hear this statement, immediately react, Israel, the priests, and everybody in Jerusalem. And these words were spoken, and it said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But who is this person? Where do we find him? Do you know where the gospel began? The gospel did not begin when the Lord Jesus Christ set his foot on this planet. The gospel began in Genesis. The Bible I'm changing today, it is not Genesis to Revelation, it's Genesis to Jesus. There's no purpose in the Bible if it doesn't end with Jesus. Then we can put away our Bibles. Then it's just another book on ourselves. But if it is Genesis to Jesus, we have a hope, a certain hope of salvation. 
And the scripture I'm going to read to you now is Genesis 3.15. Just listen to this. This is where Adam sinned, Eve sinned. And he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's where the gospel of Jesus Christ already begin because that seed is in capital letters. And that seed, they waited for the seed to come forth and the seed of Christ would manifest. And when certain words were spoken, they should have picked up on it, but they did not. You see, God came for that visitation and His visitation to Israel was to inspect their fruit. He came to them. He did not find any fruit. Right at the end of His ministry, He spoke to the fig tree and He said, accursed are you because I found no fruit on your tree. They should have been the most fruitful people on the planet. They should have evangelized the nations. They should have spread the gospel of grace themselves. How do we find that? You see, this this psalm, this psalm is a number of psalms that the Jews sang at Passover. From Psalm 113 to 118, these psalms were sung during Passover. But the most powerful thing, the shortest chapter in the Bible is right before. I want to actually go there, Psalm 117. I want to read you something, just as a bonus. You need some bonus today. I'll give you some bonus. It says here, listen to this. Okay, these psalms, they, when, when it was Passover, they would sing the psalms. And can you imagine a Jew singing this, Psalm 117? Listen to this. Praise the Lord all you Gentiles, Lord him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness is great towards us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Imagine a Jew singing that song during Passover. It should have been a reminder that God was coming for the Gentiles. God was coming for you and me. He had you and me in mind already in the Psalms, already, yes. So church, but I want to move on from the suffering because we can talk a lot about the suffering. We, we can just watch the Passion of the Christ And then, I mean, you cannot even stand watching that. But let's move on. Now let us quickly go to Colossians 2 from verse 13. Colossians, this is the purpose why Christ came. This is the purpose why he hung on that cross. In Colossians 2.13 it says, And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwritten of requirements that is against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross having disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over it. You see, there are three things 
Christ did for every single person. Three things we need to focus on, and then specifically two points. There are three deaths a person dies. There's physical death. When you die, you are removed from the living, from your family, from your friends, from this earth. And this happens to every single person, physical death. And then there's spiritual death. This is the separation from God. And every person here today, you've been born into that death. You could not help yourself. Adam helped all of us. Thank you, Adam. But don't worry, Adam. Christ said it right. So, in Christ, there's as well another death. They are lit, and this is the serious one, which is connected to the second one. After spiritual death, there is eternal death. And this is the sentence that hangs on every single person that is born. You see, when a person, when they crucified people, Jews in Jerusalem, do you know that 10,000 Jews were crucified by the Romans? They experienced the same as the Lord Jesus, but Jesus was different because Jesus had to deal with two bruisings. You see, the Lord says that there will come a time when He will bruise the head of Satan. And He has done that. And the bruising, Satan was cruising for a bruising. And He got it. Our Lord did it perfectly. No man could set that angel right. But Jesus set him right. My dear church, eternal death, when a person went to the cross, that plaque they put above your head is something that they firstly hung around your neck. And that's the sin you are guilty of. And that sin stayed with you. That sin is the thing that sent you to your eternal death. And that sin, that plaque needed to be removed. You see, the plaque Jesus had around his neck said, the King of Kings. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And they so wanted it to be changed to, he said, no, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So let us quickly look at the number one. When you are dead in your trespasses, it says God made us alive when we are dead in our trespasses. He made you alive. The moment you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you are born again, that's the moment that something kicks in action. And that something is that you become someone else. God immediately removes the sin. You see, God died for your trespasses to remove every 
single sin you would have ever done in your life or have done. He removed it. He judged it in Jesus. And this judgment is quite a serious judgment. You see, what did Jesus, what, what, what did he deal with on this specific day, the, 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 the Good Friday? He dealt with, number one, can you imagine all the hordes of hell coming against him? I think every single demon that existed stood there mocking him in the spirit with Satan standing there in the front. Then the worst that Father God judged him. And this is what we call the wrath of God. The wrath of God cannot be quenched. The, because God is a holy God, He cannot just excuse sin. He cannot just say, Dennis, you're excused. He wants blood. Because the life is in the blood. So when we call upon the living blood of Jesus, it is the only power that can set a person truly free. Most of us have experienced that, that day that it happened. The plaque was taken away, the sin was removed. You see, Jesus died for that. He died so that people might face eternity with him. 2 Timothy 1.10 in the NIV says, But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, the good news of Him. Number two, Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your trespasses and the, the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made a life together with us, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped away the handwritten of requirements that was against us. What is this handwritten of requirements? This is basically a receipt. It means that, you know, if you go to a restaurant, some of you, that you would order on the menu, and then that ordering, you would have pavlova, and you would have steak medium rare and then you would have and you would enjoy that and at the end there would come a waiter to issue your receipt. In your life there is a receipt of your sin and that receipt need to be paid. It doesn't go away. It's not wiped away. That receipt need to be paid. And Christ, you see, some of us have long receipts. <laughs> Some of us, our receipts are quite heavy. You can see it in the way we, no, you can just see it. <laughs> but the receipt is outstanding. And this is what an outstanding God did. He paid for that receipt. <laughs> Praise Him in this place. You see, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, 
And he who knew no sin, he was made sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He was made sin. He, that, that there might be a transfer, that there's a receipt, that you would give your receipt to him and he would give his receipt to you and his receipt is clean. His receipt that he got from the Father is, it is finished. Yeah. Paid up, squashed. Jesus did so much more. And then he nailed that receipt to the cross. Not just to the wood. He nailed it to himself. That's where the blood now kicks in. And the blood removes. The blood cleanses. Therefore, if you are walking in sin, it's extremely dangerous to be a blood-washed child of God and still continue in sin. That's what Satan plans for all of us. But we should walk out of the sin into the power of God. And it's a beautiful thing when a child of God gets forgiveness. Where the Lord said, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. All of you, you're forgiven. But I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. He's the only way. Do not let this world lie to you. Satan is a liar. He's a thief and a murderer. He wants your life. He wants you to continue with your receipt. Don't do it. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And then, dear friends, the final act that Jesus did Having, verse 15 of Colossians 2, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, that's, this is where you put a smile on your dial. This is where you, you're allowed to enjoy it. You see, that snake takes a lot of people down. But Jesus caused a lot of people to come in his triumph. Come on, get in. You see, what the Lord did is that when, like the Romans, when they won a battle, they would take all the goods. The general would walk in the front. They would take all the goods, all the plunder, and say, this is it. Here it comes. And then at the back end, you would find the enemy, what they would do to the enemy is actually strip them naked. And then the world would see how great this army is. You see, Jesus is the only person that walked alone. He had to be alone in doing what the Father expect of him. The business of God the Father was John 3:16 to restore man back to him. And Jesus had to deal with that snake and he dealt with that snake and he canceled the snake and he stripped him. Here's the thing. He is still naked. He's got no power over you. If you walk in the blood of Jesus Christ, if you walk in that new resurrection, then Satan has no hold on you because you are God's property. God has the receipt, not Satan. He cannot touch you, yes. Amen. 
So, one thing the father did is that he bruised his son. Father God bruised his son so that we might never be bruised. Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy laden. Come to me. Do not run away from me. Bring your receipt to me. I am the one who can help you. I am the only one who can help you. And I have a plan to help you. Psalm 118, back to that. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. This was his plan. As we come to the end of this service, now the Lord Jesus came into Jerusalem. As he walked into Jerusalem, the king, you see, he came as a king. He sat on that donkey. The people that sang his praises were all his disciples, and they spoke a certain word that's not allowed. It's only for the Messiah that would come into Jerusalem, and that is Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save now. But he would come and save them, not from the Romans. He would come to save them from their sin. And what did the Jewish people do? The moment they experienced that, they said, that's the place, the high priest, Every single leader in Jerusalem, the Jewish leadership came together and said, he must die because he's made himself now a God. And then he stood before them and he said to them one thing. He gave them, the Lord was now busy closing his ministry and he gave them the parable where he said there was a landowner and he put people over his vineyard and then he would send a later time he would send people to see is the vineyard producing fruit so he sent one person they killed that person he sent a second person they killed that person a third person and then he said oh they don't listen so Jesus came as the son of God and he arrived on the scene and he said to the leadership They basically said, we're going to kill him. But Jesus came, his son came, and they killed him. Now there's a certain scripture that gives us an indication of how serious God is about his son. It says that, you can read it at home. It says that on whoever, if you fall on this stone, it will basically break you into pieces. But if it falls on you, you will be crushed to powder. Two things in a person's life. We need to fall on Jesus so that he can break up our lives and put it in order. And then the second thing, if we don't do that, this is a call to every single person in this place. If we don't do that, then he's going to fall on you. 
And when he falls on you, it's the people who reject him. It's every person that got the opportunity. The greatest sin on this planet is the sin of rejecting what Jesus did on his cross. That's the greatest sin any person can do. Murdering someone is not the greatest sin. All of the sins we are busy with is not the greatest, but rejecting what Christ did on that cross, that is the greatest sin. The center place of hell is filled with such people. Because you know the truth, but the truth has not set you free. God is inviting his church back to church. So, Isaiah 8.13, the Lord of hosts, him you shall hollow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. As many among them shall stumble, they shall fall and be broken, be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony Seal the law among my disciples. Christ did not come in vain. He did not suffer in vain. He suffered personally for you to set you free. It is time for us as a church, as a nation and a people to return back to our God. It is time to do some Exchange. Church, please stand. I'm not going to do an altar call, but I want every person to pray after me and to say the following out of your heart. Please raise your hands. Say, Father God, I now come to you. I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ who died on that cross for me. Please wash me today in the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my personal Savior. I can truly now say that I'm a child of God. Thank you, God, for writing my name in the book of life. I repent of all sin. I come back to you, Jesus. I thank you today for your blood. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering in this place. Now may the peace of God go with you. May every person here today make new business with their God. May every person today stand up in the power 
of the resurrected life. Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Sunday, we need to be in church. Amen. Go in the peace of God. God bless you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.